Hi, I'm Adam Phillips, and I love comics. Sure, I love superhero comics, but I also love comics that are funny, or romantic, or educational, or even kind of filthy. Some have been around for decades, but I have a special place in my heart for the ones that came and went in the blink of an eye. We call them one-shots, and some of them you may have heard of, while others might make you ask, why? This is One-Shot Wonders. By now, if you've listened to the solo episodes of this podcast, you've heard me make a few personal admissions about my life and my experiences as a comics fan and professional. Today we're going to start off with another confession. Even though I was working for Marvel Comics from the start of 1985 to just about the end of 1986, close to two years, I never read a single issue of Marvel Super Heroes Secret Wars or Secret Wars 2. That's despite the fact that those two series ran from the start of 1984 all the way through to the end of 1985, as well as the fact that they were written by Jim Shooter, who was Marvel's editor-in-chief at the time, and thus my boss's boss. Why did I avoid these two smash-hit series? It's not because I was a superhero snob. I may not have been the biggest fan of superhero comics at the time, but I still read quite a few, including Thor, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, Avengers, The Hulk, and others. I think that deep down, I avoided the two Secret Wars for a couple of reasons, one of which was because they felt too calculated, too predetermined. The story seemed to treat the characters like they were action figures rather than heroes. And yeah, I know, since I didn't actually read them, I really don't have a leg to stand on in criticizing. You're not wrong. Nevertheless, here we are. The other thing that put me off the Secret Wars phenomenon was that, having worked at Marvel at the time, I witnessed several instances where Jim Shooter or someone else from the top of the food chain would pop into the production room, the real Marvel bullpen, to offer production artists overtime pay. They would have to come in over the weekend to prep pages from Secret Wars by pasting in word balloons on pages that were already inked or making other corrections or changes. That's not really how the process is supposed to work, and while the production folks were undoubtedly glad to get the extra pay, it felt to me like the people who no one could refuse were abusing the system. There's nothing really new or special about that, but it still felt a little unfair to me. So, like I said, I didn't read those two series. But there was no way around the impact that Secret Wars had on comics publishing. At Marvel, miniseries that pitted one super team against another started popping up like mushrooms after a summer rain. And in one corner of the comics industry, a cartoonist named Marcus Lusk thumbed his nose at the whole Secret Wars phenomenon with a little comic called Secret Doors. Published by Dimension Graphics in March 1986, Secret Doors was labeled on its cover number one in a one-issue limiting series. That's right. It says limiting, not limited. The cover featured seven familiar-looking heroes tumbling through a door in space, looking a bit like an image from the Twilight Zone. There's a red and gold armored hero with an oil can helmet, like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. A winged helmet-wearing, muscular guy with long blonde hair, whose tunic bore the up, down, and jump symbols from an NES controller a steel-gray guy with a hammer and sickle chest emblem, and several others. The story takes place in the motel on the fringe of reality, 
were desk clerk Thaddeus Hulittle, an anthropomorphic mule who bears a bit of a resemblance to Bullwinkle, realizes it's time to make his rounds. Strange noises coming from the Beetlejuice ballroom lead him to a maintenance closet, where someone is saying, By the goat of my grandfather, tis most dark! The voice of someone who calls himself Rich Stretchard says that an accidental shift of the negacosmic multimagnetic axis has transported us all to a dark and unknown dimension. Hulittle opens the closet door, and a crowd of heroes come tumbling out, including the Badgerine, who immediately yells, Where's something I can kill? The heroes proceed to introduce themselves, including Captain Asparagus with his USDA shield, the Fabtabulous Few, Mr. Perfect, the Whatchamacallit, the Human Nuke, and Suey, the Amusing Spinning Guy, the Unintelligible Hunk, the Mighty Revengers, including Tin Man, She-Hunk, the Gnat, and the Clumsy Thud, the Unbelievable Z-Guys, including Dark Creeper, Oreo, Badgerine, Colossal Dope, and more. Captain Asparagus quickly takes charge, asking who little to explain where they are and what's going on. But as a mere desk clerk, he doesn't have a lot of information. However, he is sure that the mysterious entity who rented the ballroom for the evening knows more. It is the Over Yonder from the universe next door. The Over Yonder appears and explains that he's gathered the heroes together to play a game. But Badgerine says he's not sticking around to jump through nobody's hoops, at which point he's zapped out of existence by the Over Yonder. Colossal Dope cries, Death of a Mutate! in response. Fortunately, Badgerine recovers in a few moments, and, and then it's time to see what's behind the secret doors. Courtesy of Thaddeus Hulittle, host of our show and mystery mule of space and time. The first contestants in, in the game, which is basically Let's Make a Deal, are Yeti Man and South Pole of Alfalfa Flight, who pick door number one and win a complete set of the Nats costumes. After a couple of rounds, we get to the amusing spinning guy, who wins a new costume that's all white, replacing his traditional red and blue costume, which was kind of damp and icky after the scary meeting with the Overyonder. The next contestants are Black Bat and Superior Guy, guest stars from another comics universe. When Spinning Guy asks Superior Guy what happened in his big comics event, and when Spinning Superior Guy explains how great things were in those comics, Spinning Guy asks if he can come join that series. And Superior Guy points out that Spinning Guy and his friends are not real heroes. They're just weenies. And that makes the Overyonder reappear to transport everyone to another location to play a new game that he calls The Feud, leaving Who Little behind with an unpaid bill for the ballroom's rental. The last few pages of the issue are filled out with mock covers for the amusing Spinning Guy and the other unbelievable Z Guys, plus a couple of ads for the upcoming Who Little series from Dimension Graphics. Sadly, that series never made it to comic shops. Secret Doors is a fun, silly comic that made fun of one of the biggest events of the 1980s and its sequel. It's charmingly amateurish, with sketchily drawn black-and-white art full of goofy-looking, bug-eyed heroes. The host of the story, Who Little, has a dry sense of humor and could have gone on to greater fame. Dimension Graphics only published three other comics, though. One, a parody title called Elf Trek, also by Marcus Lusk. Another, a Nat Rat comic by Mark Martin and others. It's possible that Dimension shut its doors 
with the end of the black and white boom in the 1980s. Or maybe Marcus Lusk found something better to do with his time. We probably will never know. Thanks for listening to One Shot Wonders. I'll be back next week with another One Shot comic. Meanwhile, hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, tell your friends, and go buy some comics.